Hey, everybody, and welcome to the T.M. Marie Arnold podcast audio teaching. We are going to jump into our study that we've been doing on Ephesians 2, and we're going to be starting at verse 6. This is one of my favorites. about tonight. So verse 8, it says in Ephesians 2, King James Version, actually, no, let's go to, uh, let's go to verse 6. He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So we have talked about over and over and over again how Christ has made us who we are in him that we are raised in him, that we are seated in heavenly places with him. We talked about that several times. And then verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness. And that was our key. That was a key from last week because, and I mentioned and I say over and over again, if you ever hear theology that says that God is not kind, run as fast as you can because God is kind, and it says it right here. But I love that it says, in the ages to come. So from here to our future, the ages to come, he's going to show the exceeding riches of his grace. And so last week we talked about how his grace is full of gifts. Okay, and we're going to see that in a minute. And it's because of his kindness. It's not because God is. So if you, and you know, I'm sure we all have had in our walk with Christ and just learning who God is. We probably have had thoughts until we finally found the truth that is God mad at me? Is, did I get this flat tire because I didn't give? Is this happening? Is that happening? And the answer is no. He is madly in love with you. He loves you. And so if things aren't going right in your life, it's not God. It's our consequences. It's things that we have done or it's sin in the world, but it's never God. God, he gave his only son because he loved for God so loved the world. He has not changed his mind about that. He loves us. He is kind towards us through Christ Jesus. So without Christ, then you experience the wrath of God. You will. The world, the, those who are in this world who do not receive Jesus, they may be thinking they're going along, but there will be judgment upon them. But those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we will, we will be judged not, not to uh, hell, but we do have a mercy seat. And so we have crowns and we have levels of heaven that we get to experience. But we will not experience the wrath of God. So that's something you can just, huh, you can breathe about, okay? And then the, this is a verse that, I, that, we, that we stopped. Well, we kind of stopped between here and, and verse um, 10. But for by grace are ye saved through faith. And so we talked about that by grace. So I was thinking earlier this week, when I think about by grace, are you saved through faith? By grace, meaning before I was born, before you were born, and, and go with me here. I, I, I love to talk about food. It's something that I think everybody can relate to. But imagine a table, and at this table, everything is laid out, okay? And 
uh, there's a portion of, of provision and there's healing and there's deliverance and there's joy and there's peace and there's abundance and there's increase and there's, there's uh, salvation. Everything is at this table and this table was set when Christ died on the cross for our sins. So that's before you, that's before me. It's there. And it does not move, it does not change. And so you that's that grace, that's God setting that up way before had had anything to do with us and it's not based on us. He did that because he is a God of love and he loved the world and so he has this table of provision and we talked about uh, two weeks ago in Ephesians 1, the spiritual blessings. So this table is the table of spiritual blessings. And God prepared this table way before us. So how do we get to that table? We get to that table when we receive Christ. We now have access to this table of spiritual blessings. So now that I'm in Christ, I'm sitting at this table. But how do I receive the things that are on the table? My faith. My faith is what allows me to receive what is on the table. And this is the thing. The things that are on the table, they're spiritual blessings. So I can't see them with my natural eye. I can't touch them with my natural hand. It, oh my gosh, it kind of reminds me, I don't know if y'all seen the movie Hook. But there was a scene in the movie Hook. I remember this from when I was a kid. I haven't seen it in a while, so I hope I'm telling this right. But there was a scene where the little boy who came from whatever town, he came into, uh, what's the, anybody know what the land is called? Neverland. The Neverland, thank you. So he comes into Neverland, and he doesn't see, so he's sitting at this table. This is so cool. I didn't even think about this. He's sitting at this table, and he's watching all these little boys, the uh, whatever those boys are, the lost boys, thank you. <laughs> Clearly, I didn't have this prepared. Um, but he, he's looking at these lost boys, and these boys are chowing. They're like, <sniffs> you know, he's sitting there. He's like, what are they eating? And then they decide to do a food fight. And they're like, and this, this boy from, from wherever the town was, he could not see until he started to believe. And when he believed, he started, and it was so cool how they animated this because it was, in, this food was so colorful. It, didn't, it was like a big old chicken bone. Like he saw the boy that was chomping. It was this huge chicken bone and it was all this fruit and it was just an abundance of so much stuff and he was able to partake in the fun that the lost boys were having because he finally could believe. That's like us. So we're at, this table is prepared for us and we're sitting at the table, but some of us are not able to see what Christ has provided for us because we are lacking faith. Or, I'll, I'll say it this way, because we talked about this last week. The Bible says, Jesus said, faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. So we don't need that much faith. So there may be some that they can't see because they don't have any faith. They don't, they don't have... And, and unfortunately, I don't think that's even possible because Jesus has given us all a measure of faith. That's what the Bible says. So I would say that there's another scripture where Jesus is telling the disciples that, the, well, the disciples are trying to heal this little boy who's having seizures. 
And they're like, why can't we cast this out? And he says, it's because of your unbelief. And the father even says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. So it's not the faith that I believe is the problem for those of us who are in Christ. I believe it's because we have so much unbelief. The little boy going back to Hook, he could not understand. It was like almost impossible for him to see. And sometimes for us, it's like we read the word, but it's like it's impossible for us to see. Why? Because we're looking in the natural. We're looking at the pain that we have. We look at the finances that we have. We look at our circumstances and we tend to lean more onto our flesh because remember the scripture says the flesh cannot convey the things of the spirit. So we lean more into the things of the flesh which now our faith is not even, we can't appropriate our faith, we can't apply our faith to be able to receive what's available for us. Oh my gosh, that is so good. So back to the scripture, for by grace are ye saved through faith. That word saved means sozo, and we talked about this, and sozo, it means safe, made whole, preserved, Safe from danger, loss, destruction, disease, restored to health, to recover, to be healed. And then the, there's, so, there's so much more. And it comes with so many gifts. It's full. It's whole. So that includes, and I read this last week, but I think this is such a great reminder. That includes, obviously, salvation. So we, we can spend eternity with Christ. Salvation, healing, deliverance. Wisdom, a sound mind, mercy, joy, peace, love, favor, prosperity, health, wealth, increase, provision, knowledge, restoration, abundance, and we receive the good news. And so all of that is a part of the saved, that when it says, for by grace are ye saved, that, that includes everything. So all, and there's so much more. I mean, that's just, that's just what I have here. But there's so much more that Christ has provided for us. And it's at this table, okay? And so it says, for by grace you are saved through faith. So we talked about that. Faith is how you apply, how you receive, how you take what is made available for you. And it says, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. So it has nothing to do with you. That table was already there before you, and it was because of Christ. That's the only reason why. And Christ is the only reason why you can sit at that table. So it ain't got nothing to do with us. It's a gift from God, not of works, least any man should boast. In verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained, so remember I talked about it, the table was set before us, that we should walk in them. And I emphasize this so much because this kind of goes back to, and it's going to tie in a little bit of what I'm talking about today, but this goes back to the kindness. It, it, it pleases God for us to walk in the richness, the riches of his grace. He wants us to walk in them. He doesn't want us to just sit at this table and look at everybody else enjoy it, and we don't. And, and honestly, a lot of Christians are not enjoying what Christ has made available. We are living beneath, our, beneath what Christ has died for us to have. And I don't know about you, 
but I am determined for the rest of my life, I am going to live in the promises of God. I am not going to accept anything beneath it. And there is nothing that can stop me from receiving what's at this table except for me. It ain't the devil's fault. If I, he can suggest all he wants to, I have a choice. Do I listen to him? Do I lean into him? Or do I rebuke him? And the easiest way to rebuke him is to know your God, to know the kindness of your God, to know the heart of your God, to know what God has done, to understand how much he loves you. Then you can ignore and rebuke the devil, right? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So we really have no excuse unless we choose to either not believe or we've had bad theology or we have so much circumstances that are clouding our view. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So verse 11, and I'm probably going to, this is probably where I'm going to park in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 2. Verse 11, wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand, that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. That word covenant of promise, um, I, I looked in the keyword dictionary and it means the enjoyment of God's favor. So we were aliens and we were strangers of the enjoyment of God's favor. So we were not invited to this table. We were not invited. We are Gentiles and it's not for us. And it says having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, so now we have been invited into this place. Ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh. So that word nigh it means having the knowledge and worship of the true God. So we now have the ability, we have the ability to have the knowledge and worship of the true God by the blood of Christ. Okay? So I want to go back to, I want you to, if you, and I know, I can't remember what I said at the beginning, but we are, uh, I'm reading out of Ephesians 2. That is on the Google Classroom as well. And then I will be in Ephesians 3 a little bit today, um, but you can go there. But verse 11, I want us to look at the word remember. So it says, wherefore, remember that ye being in times, in time past Gentiles in the flesh, right? And so you were called on circumcision, which we should call circumcision of flesh made by, by hands. That at that time you were without Christ. Okay, so that word remember. Remember, a lot of times we forget what Christ has done. So we are now, we have, I'm sure we all had that moment where we knew we were at this table. We just received Christ. We were on fire. We just, you know, we, God spoke to us and we were just getting revelation and we could see everything. We could see all the spiritual blessings before us. And we had no problem picking up the, uh, you know, I don't know, the, the breasts of, of provision and the chicken wing of this. And we had, we had no problem walking in faith and applying these things to our life. But somehow we stopped seeing. Somewhere we stopped believing. Somewhere our faith 
got dimmer and dimmer to where we just see a, a wooden table and nothing on it. And we have become hard and cold and lost hope. We have retreated back to the scripture says, um, and let's see, where was it? Strangers having no hope in verse 12. We go back to having no hope. And it's like, we know Christ. We know what he's done. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I love, I love Jesus, but it becomes the I love Jesus, but. And we lose our hope. And this reminded me of, go to Luke 24. If you have your Bibles or your tablets, go to Luke 24. I'm going to be in the King James Version. This is about, we're going to look at these disciples. Now, this, this is what gets me. These are the disciples. I mean, these were the people who walked with Jesus. They walked with Jesus, okay? And um, I'm going to probably start just to kind of give you, we're going to skip over verse 1 through 7, but just to kind of let you know. So there's women who came to the tomb. This is after Jesus has been crucified. And this is Mary Magdalene and Joanne. And um, there's some other women. I want to maybe marry the mother of James. And so they're all, they're coming to the tomb. They look for Jesus. He's not there. Right? He's not there. And not only did they see that he's not there, but then he shows himself to them. All right? So we're going to go to verse 8. And it says, and they, so the women, the women remembered his words and returned from the sceptre. I, I was able to say it right before and now because I'm getting on Zoom. I can't say it. And told, and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. So it was Mary Madeline, Joanne, Mary the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. So what did they tell them? They told them, we saw him. We saw Jesus. He visited us. Okay? And their words seemed to them, to the disciples, as idle tales. And they believed them not. Wow. I remember, I'm thinking, wait a minute. So you actually walked with Jesus. And I'm not going to skip ahead, but... You didn't, you didn't believe? Like, he told you he was going to come back. I, you know. So then arose Peter and ran unto the scapulature, and stooping down, he beheld the linen cloth laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was to come to pass. So when you remember, when you decide to keep yourself in a place of remembrance, it guards your heart from this wondering, this confusion, this uncertainty. Peter was wondering in himself. So what does that say? That there was, there was something going on in his soul. There was something going on. There was some unbelief and unbelief and unbelief. That's really the only thing that it was. There's no other thing you can call it. There was unbelief going on. And, and why was it within himself? It was a conflict going on within him because he had the spirit of Christ in him. He had the spirit of Christ in him. Now, granted, they had not received the Holy Spirit yet, okay? But he, he knew Christ. Let's just say that. He knew Christ. He walked with Christ. 
his heart loved Christ, but then he said, with wondered within himself at which was to come to pass. Is this, is this, could this really happen? I mean, could he really return? And I don't know, me and my husband say all the time, like we watch The Chosen, we watch different things, the Bible, the Bible AD, and it's like, you know, when we when we when they get to these parts, it's kind of like, how do you not under how do you question? Like you saw him heal the leopard. You saw you saw him heal the woman with the issue of blood. You saw him cast out demons. Like you saw all of this. How are you doubting? But again, that's like us. We seen God come through over and over and over again, yet we're sitting at the table and we can't see what's on it any longer. Okay. So then, verse 13, and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore for long, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, and I thought that word reasoned is so interesting because reasoned suggests your mind. It's you trying to figure things out. It's you trying to comprehend. This don't make sense. I don't know how that can happen. You're putting yourself and your thoughts above the thoughts of Christ. Reasoning. So while they were communing together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So I'm not sure if you read this, but for those who have not, you would think, oh, there's they see Jesus. Jesus himself drew near. They walked, these are disciples, so they saw Jesus. But, look at verse 16. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him, meaning they could not see that it was Jesus. Ooh, that's so interesting to me. So, uh, let, me let me keep going, then we'll go back. And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as, as we walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said to him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and has not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? So he's telling Jesus about himself. He's like, how do you not know? Don't you know what's been going on? Don't you know that, that the Nazarene has been crucified? Haven't you seen what's happening? Don't you know? And, and they're, they're looking at, and this is the thing, you know, I guess they're like, he's one of the disciples. I'm sure they didn't know all of the disciples. I mean, there was a bunch of them, you know, so maybe they're thinking you're just one of the disciples. So that's probably why they have this, don't you, why don't you know what happened? Right? Why don't you understand? If you are a disciple, you should know what happened. Well, if you are a disciple, you should know that it's Jesus, right? And verse 19, and he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our ruler delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we, now look at this, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, the certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the skeptical when they found not his body. 
they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. And certain of, the, certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the woman had said. But him they saw not. So he's explaining to Jesus about what Jesus already knew happened. Is pretty much what happened here. Verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe. All that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And so I want to stop there because Jesus pretty much, he's, he's calling them a fool. Why? Because their hearts were so slow to believe. So what's happening here? What's happening is they can't see because they're looking with their natural eye. They can't see Jesus. They're expecting him to look a certain way. They're expecting him to sound a certain way. They're using their reasoning to identify him. And yes, when he was, he, when he was on the earth, he was the son of God, son of man. So he, had, he was human and he was divine. But now he's not human anymore. He's divine. He's divine. So they were used to seeing him with their natural eyes, and it was time for an advancement. You can't see me anymore with your natural eyes. But that's kind of what is being taught a lot in culture. You feel Christ. You got to Christ looks like this, and Christ looks like that, and serving here, and doing that, and all that stuff. And sometimes we get so busy acting like we're doing stuff for Christ when we have totally missed it because we're looking and moving and acting in our natural self, our carnal self. And carnal is not always sin. It's not meaning you're sinning, but it's your flesh. So they could not see. And that is so interesting because that's, I mean, that's, that answers the question, how come the disciples who walked with Jesus could not see Jesus? That's why. They were so used to seeing, them, seeing him with their natural eye. But now, now that Christ has ascended, now we see him not with our soul, but with our spirit. We see the spiritual gifts with our spirit.